This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and our old friend Keith McWaters, who plays percussion with the TSO, is also the orchestra manager of the TSO, And our very special guest today joining us by phone is, I've got a little walk-on music for you. This is what we're playing when you come to the uh, symphony tomorrow night. That is the man, the conductor, the legend, Carl Topolo, who is joining us by phone. Hello, Carl. A legend in his own mind. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Topolo, if you don't know, is a well-known conductor, especially here in our area, has uh, quite a fantastic resume. And, and I've been hearing lots of uh, wonderful stories about you, Carl, lately, and we're going to hear some of those today. But I do want to mention that Carl is guest conducting tomorrow night. It's a concert with the Toledo Symphony at Corpus Christi University Parish. There are some limited tickets possibly available. Uh, You can check it out at the CCUP office number 419-531-4992. Okay, Carl, you still there? I am indeed. All right. It's time to tell your story. Now, you don't necessarily have to tell us um, your entire resume. You can go back and, and start, you know, maybe when you were a kid, how you got interested in the clarinet. We know you're a fantastic clarinetist and also in conducting as well. So I got a little music for you. Let me bring that up. Well, I have a choice of music. You can choose either this. which is a little Mozart, or you can choose this. (laughs) What do you say, one or two? The first one sounded like East Side, West Side, but I know it's a Mozart uh, clarinet quintet. And, And the second one? Which one of those do you want for your story? Probably the first one. Okay. There it is. Take it away, Carl Topolo. Tell us your story. Well, um, I was born at a young age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bayonne, New Jersey. Well, actually born in Jersey City, but I grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey. My brother was and still is an outstanding pianist, so when it was time to give me an instrument... They decided to give me the clarinet because they knew that I would be discouraged very quickly hearing my brother play. Mm. So uh, when I was 15, I went to an arts camp, and that really turned on the switch to me. And um, But nobody in my family went into music, so I wound, wound up going to Rutgers University, where I took up space. Um, <laughs> for... <laughs> Born at a young age and took up a lot of space. And transferred to Manhattan School of Music, got a bachelor's in performance and master's in music ed, and um, I taught elementary school music, junior high, uh, band and strings. Uh, I taught at performing arts high school and 
but I always had this dream to become a conductor, and uh, I won a competition. I came in second in a competition, and then won a competition, and wound up with the Denver Symphony. Now with the Colorado Symphony, was there for、uh, four years, and then came to Cleveland at the Cleveland Institute of Music.、Um, my wife started the Cleveland Pops Orchestra for me in 1995, and and so we've been doing that now quite successfully for many years. And、uh, I've been fortunate to be a guest conductor all, all around the world, and was the pops conductor for the Toledo Symphony for two years. And I just、uh, love coming to conduct the orchestra. They're terrific people. They play great. They always make me feel welcome, and we always have a good time. Yay! That's wonderful. I wonder if we can talk a little bit more about your history with the Toledo Symphony. You mentioned the TSO a few times, but.、Um, What was your first appearance with the symphony? Yes, I remember very well.、Um, I was asked to conduct a program with Hal Linden. Oh yeah.、Uh, but besides being a fun performer, he's also a clarinetist, and so I, I didn't play on that concert. But I think they were reasonably impressed to invite me back, and at that point, I did play the clarinet, and、uh, the rest is geography. As I would drive. Uh, over across I eighty,、um, and do programs, wonderful,、uh, and then some community outreach concerts, and、um, and so the Stranahan and I became uh, uh, affiliated with each other, and just love working with the orchestra. Lots of lots of fun concerts that we did together, and was invited back time since, which which I'm、uh, very appreciative, and my successor. Uh, Chelsea Tipton, I guess, has took over at that point to become the conductor, and he and I have been very close friends and colleagues over the years. He was assistant at my summer festival, and we're still very close to this day. Well, it's so great that you can come conduct the TSO、uh, tomorrow night. Now, the three gentlemen on our panel have been sitting there very quietly and and nodding their head and sometimes reacting to what you have to say. But I wonder if we could get、uh, their take. On working with you, Carl Merman, you want to say something? Actually,、uh, I was so thrilled to work with Carl as a soloist. He、uh, he gave me the chance to perform、uh, Vietnam variations on American theme, which is a fancy word for a bunch of fiddle tricks on Yankee Doodle, and, <laughs> and he I, and. That rim shot is going to get used a lot during、It's、this episode. Rim, I can tell. Can you do a rim、day. shot with、uh, violin? Yeah, something like that. That's when we、All、sound、right. the best. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I, I'm forever grateful that you know Carl gave me that opportunity, and I got to work with the Cleveland Pops orchestras, and and that was just uh, an amazing. Uh, A tribute to the、um, United States and all this great patriotic music. So I remember that concert very, very well. We're going around the table. Zach, you have something you want to say about、uh, Maestro Topolino? Oh my gosh,、uh, Carl! I think you were in town. It might have been the first concert we did when I came to the orchestra. It was a space spectacular at the Stranahan. Oh, and I remember、absolutely. you and I met for breakfast. And having attended so many of your concerts, I was. I was a little shy when you walked in the door, <laughs> and then I remember we had this incredible discussion and conversation about both of our pasts and our love of music, and、uh, I just felt like we were off to the races. 
Did you call him Mr. Maestro? I called him Mr. Maestro Music Man. <laughs> Perfect. Trademark. Speaking of Mr. Maestro Music Man, we'll be playing uh, 76 trombones arranged by Leroy Anderson and um, on our concert. So I'm going to be the music man yet again. Excellent. Very nice. So are you saying that we have trouble? <laughs> in River oh, City. No, right, right at Corpus Christi. Yeah, trouble in Corpus Christi. Can you add that in? <laughs> totally. What's uh? Are, are you going to bring your clarinet with you? Several. Several. Yeah, which colors are are you uh, bringing? Well, I threatened him to play the Italian medley on my red, white, and green clarinet. Oh, sorry, green, white, and red clarinet. Good, because otherwise yeah. it would be, what, Irish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Christmas. <laughs> We're getting close to, close to I, Christmas. I have an orange clarinet, so when I play Danny Boy, it's just on a green clarinet. Uh, so I'm playing uh, Italian medley and also a Gershwin medley, which, which I love playing and practiced this morning already. How's it sound? So, uh, um, yeah, reasonable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll play. (laughs) Keith, you want to weigh in? I know that uh, we we had talked previously, and you were interested in in picking Carl's brain about some kind of orchestral questions that you had or percussion questions as a percussionist. Was that you that I was talking to? Because you're looking at me right now like, what are you talking about? Here, I have some music for you, okay? Yeah, I'll take it. All right. (laughs) You'll never live down your appearance on our... St. Patrick's Day episode. I guess not. <laughs> your name was Twitchy McPixie. That's your leprechaun name. Remember I remember, that? I remember. We still call him that yeah. in the office. Yeah. I don't remember what everybody else's was. And that's good. Yeah. <laughs> probably a good idea. Carl is completely lost at this point. But Keith, why don't you go ahead and, Twitchy. and, and talk. Yeah, Twitchy. Well, I will join the club of completely lost, but <laughs> I do want to say thanks for playing the uh, rim shot so frequently because I do get royalties. Yes. I get royalties whenever you use that sound. <laughs> Good to know. Let me take that off the soundboard. Okay. Oh, shoot. No, go ahead. No, I, I really don't have to I, nah, I pick Carl's brain on classical music. That sounds like classical music, and Keith is not usually a word you use in the same yeah, sentence, I don't think I've ever heard those sentences. <laughs> classical Keith. Yeah. Mr. Classical Keith. But I do remember, I, I hadn't, but I do now remember the Hal Linden concert fondly. That was that was uh, remarkable when you have Barney Miller as your pops yeah. artist. And he plays um, the clarinet. I didn't he know plays, that. He played, plays, played f- fine. And, yeah. And Carl was a gentleman because we don't allow two solo clarinets in the house at the same time. So he left his in the trunk. That's a union rule, right? <laughs> that Oh, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually national security rule. But, <laughs> it's governmental. Yeah, that, that's like double the royalty right there for that sound effect. <laughs> but Carl and I do go back that far. And, um, and I'm always honored to play drum set when Carl is in town. I love a guy that comes and wants drum set played. And so it's, I always look forward to seeing Carl as a friend and as a conductor because um, it's just a blast. I love the music that he chooses and the way he performs it. The audience loves him. He's got a dry sense of humor. If you've never seen Carl in concert, you got to get there because <laughs> he's, just, he's just an entertainer and, uh, and a good conductor. Great ears, great talent. Yeah. Well, you can't say anything bad about him on this episode. 
Right. <laughs> well, but see, he's a conductor, so it's possible he's not listening to me at all. Well. <laughs> he's also a clarinetist. You know, for this music right here, he'd, he'd pull out his green clarinet, right? Right. <laughs> anyway, let me bring that down. They're all green yes, on the inside. Yes, please do. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote the book. You wrote the book on, on conducting? It did. It's called a um, The Orchestral Conductor's um, Career Handbook. And you can get it on uh, online at my website or on Amazon. Let's put in a plug. What, what, what's your uh, website? Where do we find your website? On the internet. <laughs> Say again. CarlTopwell.com. Easy, easy to find. We'll link to that when we uh, post the uh, episode online. Um, I do have a special feature for you, Carl, and I'll bring up again a little music to announce it. Carl Topolo, this is your life. I talked to three different people or had them leave messages on the answering machine talking about you. Um, they don't say their name, although the last one is pretty obvious. Uh, see if you can guess who these people are. We're going to listen to uh, these different messages. We'll take them one at a time. Here's the first one. attended the National Repertory Orchestra Festival with you in 2006. I met some lifelong friends at NRO that I still play music with today. I really loved my host family too. They took us on some amazing, beautiful hikes. Thank you for your stewardship of that great festival and for helping so many young students on their careers. <laughs> okay. Well, much that's very sweet i have no i don't know who that is yeah she said you probably wouldn't know who she was that's casey gazelle for the bassoonist for the toledo symphony absolutely okay let's move on to phone message number two here we go you like my background music hi carl i'm really looking forward to working with you this week you and I first met when I was a student at CIM, and I also had the privilege of working with you out at NRO. One of my favorite memories of working with you is when we were out at NRO in beautiful Breckenridge, Colorado, and we got to play right at spring. Most of the kids, we were all probably 20, 21, 22 at that time. This was our first time playing right at Spring and we were a little bit terrified because it's an incredibly challenging piece rhythmically. But Carl, you made it such a breeze. You broke it down, it came together on the first rehearsal, and ever since I think of you and I play that piece, and it's always just a great experience. So thank you so much. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Take care. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. When I think of Rite of Spring, I think of Carl Topolo, don't you all? <laughs> yeah, he was a dinosaur in the uh, the Disney movie, right? You were the T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You lost me. <laughs> Pulling out the bad impressions. buzzer for you. <laughs> okay, uh, Carl, did you recognize that voice? Oh. Wow. <laughs> Thank 
you. Evidently, you got bored with what we were saying, and you picked up your clarinet. <laughs> and did Stravinsky quotes like he does in every interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Originally for the bassoon, but he's transcribed the opening to uh, clarinet as well. And who was that? It was it was also a double reed player. That's a hint. Uh, Michelle. That yeah. was Michelle. That it was, was Michelle. Michelle Smith. Michelle Tosser Smith, who uh, plays yep. oboe with the DSO. We'll be sure and, and tell her that you recognize her instantly when she spoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more message for you. Are you ready? Sure. Here we go. Slightly more relaxed vibe here. Hi, Carl. I know that we're not supposed to say who this is calling in, but I'm going to give you a couple of hints as to who this is because I have the amazing honor to have worked with you for all of my professional career, starting with National Repertoire Orchestra back in the day. It was in Evergreen, Colorado, and then in grad school at the Cleveland Institute of Music. Not only were you our primary conductor, but I also had the wonderful honor of being one of your conducting students in in conducting class and i really wish that i had paid more attention um, <laughs> but anyway um and then obviously with the toledo symphony so we first met when i was uh, the harpist for the national repertoire orchestra and that's where my little antidote comes from one of our first concerts that summer was a run-out concert, and a run-out concert, for those of you who are listening and are not familiar with that term, means that we go on the road, and in this case, it meant carloads of musicians driving to some beautiful, idyllic little mountain town where we were giving a um, pop, Fourth uh, of July geared pop outdoor program. Well, there were two carloads of us, and I have to say, everybody involved was a brass player plus me, there were two carloads driving, and we decided to take what we thought would be maybe a shortcut by going over one of those wonderful mountain passes, not realizing that you can only go 15 to 20 miles per hour, and instead of it being a shortcut, we were delayed for hours. Now, to this day, I remember the spectacular scenery, all of us came from, um, you know, flatlands. None of us were familiar with the Rockies. But to say that we were late, <laughs> gross understatement. And somebody, probably a very wise string player, a very conscientious string player, told Carl where we were. And to say that he was upset was an understatement. And we were all convinced that he was going to... Uh, send us packing and that we wouldn't be able to play the rest of the season. And it didn't help matters that the opening piece on this concert was, uh, I think it was Fanfare for the Common Man, which of course involved all of the people that were up on this mountain path. And so I was involved with a piece by Charles Ives, um, which was the second piece on the program. And poor Carl had to completely, you know, I don't, he just, did his beautiful ad-libbing while we arrived 
late and the brass players of course were able to scamper onto the stage and there's no way you can do that with a six foot tall harp so I had to quickly just get it to the side of the stage uncovered and um, Carl started the program late but he kept everybody entertained as only Carl can do and my last thing I want to say is that I just love that if you mention that you're working with Carl in our industry Everybody knows that it's Carl Topolo. He's just like Cher or Madonna, but he can just go by the name Carl. And I have enormous respect and awe for this amazing musician and can't wait to work with you again, Carl. Bye. On the, on the map, it looks like an easy way to get to bail, but as they found out, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> But I want to hear your side of the story. First of all, that was, as as you pointed out, Nancy Lendrum, uh, principal harp of the Toledo Symphony. I recognized the voice, actually, even before we got to that point. Yeah. So let's hear your side of the story about the all the brass being trapped in on the mountain in, in Vail. Well, it's a very vague memory. You know, I like to block out certain things. I get <laughs> up one of them. But uh, I did just take a look, quick look at the um, personnel. We have 13 people from in the TSO who have, who are either from the well, actually 14 because you just hired a new fourth horn player who played in the Cleveland uh, Institute of Music Orchestra or with the National Repertory Orchestra. So I have 14 people who who know me already, oh. which is really um, very sweet. Do they all know you by the single name of Carl, like Cher or Madonna? Or Kareem. (laughs) (laughs) Or Kleenex. (laughs) Very nice. Definitely deserves a few more cents in uh, Keith's pocket there. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's, uh, very rewarding when people have, I guess, have nice things to say about you and that you've made a difference in their careers. So that's what could be better than that. Well, that is wonderful, and, you know, we're having a little fun, but it's also very serious when it comes to young musicians and education and providing an example for them. I imagine that has been just as important a part of your mission, your craft, as anything else, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my own daughter, who plays in the Charlotte Symphony, um, she just uh, uh, sort of found out a couple of days ago that she played uh, Kol Nidre on uh, Yom Kippur mm-hmm. uh, evening. And uh, just to hear her play and knowing that I started her off and she played at Cleveland Institute, she played National Repertory Orchestra. I mean, you know, what could be, how could I be more proud of, of hearing her play like that? And, you know, thanks to modern technology, I was actually able to hear it virtually. And and there's, there's just a lot of testimonials, and I save all of them. And it's, as you say, very rewarding. Conducting students who've gotten jobs and such, so all good. And I'm I'm happy to have made a difference. Yay! I have a, a little clarinet quiz that I've split into two parts. It, don't roll your eyes, Keith. It's all right. I, I dozed off. <laughs> your your I, eyes were I, shut. I, I, <laughs> I can see them rolling like underneath your yeah. underneath your eyelids there. Um, there are only four questions in each of these quizzes, so we'll, we'll do a little warm up first. Like if I say, "Where was the clarinet?" or I say, "Is it true or false the clarinet was invented in France?" What would you say, true or false? 
true. Invented in France? Yeah, it was actually invented in Germany, so it's false. Yeah, right? it's false. That's true, that it's false. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which instrument preceded the clarinet? What would you say? Tin whistle. <laughs> the tin whistle, yes, no. <laughs> These these are still these are still guest questions, right? Or yeah. Is this the real these quiz? Are, now? No, no. These are, you'll know the quiz by All the right. music. All right. The Chalumeau. Chalumeau. Is what I was thinking of. They're yeah. cute, but they shed. <laughs> Very nice. I, I think Carl, we should just turn the quiz over to you, I, Carl, and let you play. Does Carl actually get to participate in this quiz, or does he only get to provide audio clues for the rest of us? <laughs> I think that's more fair. You can be like one of the people that is on this quiz and just play your instrument to answer everything, right? Oh. When you talk. Do you? Okay, that was kind of a clue. Anyway, not really. Let me pull up some music for the quiz. We'll find a nice little clarinet quiz piece. Well, that's not a clarinet at all, is it? Isn't it? Oh. Oh, there we go. A little clarinet polka. <laughs> uh, that's the best thing ever. Okay. Question number one. Which John Hughes movie features a clarinet on screen? I got was, this one. That was a little Chalamot right there. That was. Yeah, was it Home Alone, Home Alone, Pretty in Pink, or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? It's yes, Home Alone. Home Alone. John Candy plays the uh, polka king of the Midwest or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The music was a bit of a clue. Okay, question number two. Which 80s... Is it a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone. He's It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> we are getting close to Halloween. Maybe we'll have you back for a Halloween show to play spooky riffs on the clarinet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which 80s TV show featured a clarinet in its final episode? Was it The Incredible Hulk? Was it MASH or was it Laverne and Shirley? I think it was Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely play that, right, Carl? I forget what the name of it is. The Benny Hill theme song. I'll just sit here and... <laughs> you skipped Halloween and went straight to Christmas. Perfect. That's good. Everybody He's, here just got PTSD on that one. Yeah. We're on, we're in a Leroy Anderson sort of mood here. Um, that was Aren't we Mash. Always is Mash. Yeah. That was Mash. Last episode they played the clarinet quintet because Alan Alva's wife oh, is a clarinetist. Right. <clears throat> he so had they, that one, right? They I had a little Mozart. That so. was included on our last uh, clarinet quiz. Okay, and this is similar but not quite the same. Which of these celebrities does or did not not play the clarinet? Which did not play <laughs> definitely not Hal Linden because he did he played the clarinet. So which of these folks did not play the clarinet? Was it Alan Greenspan, Nicki Minaj, Kurt Vonnegut Jr., Steven Spielberg, or Groucho Marx? Which of those did not what play the clarinet? What a cluster of people. I just want to think about that for a second. The yeah. fact that Nicki Minaj and Alan Greenspan are in the same list. Yeah, they both play the clarinet. Oh, oh no, I messed that, that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay, that leaves, so we got two. <laughs> which one is not a clarinet player? Kurt Vonnegut, Steven Spielberg, or Groucho Marx? Groucho. He was funny enough without a clarinet. Yeah, totally. 
is Groucho. Wow. Wow. Good job, Keith. Good job, Keith. It's Groucho because he played the guitar. Now, I was thinking of Harpo, you know, right. Harpo played the clarinet. That's right. So, you know, he could you could do a Harpo and uh, Carl and answer with your clarinet. Clarinetto played the harp. Yeah. <laughs> um you All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just ended the episode. I apologize. <laughs> we're having we're having a little trouble getting the the phone line to come in clearly. Can you hear us okay? I can hear the sign of focus still. <laughs> All right. But otherwise you can hear us okay. <laughs> All right. Did you hear about the guy who wants to get his clarinet? He put it in the car and he went away and kept the door open. He came back and there were two clarinets. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I do a concert like this, I always tell the drummer, never do that roll or whatever. <laughs> never ever do that. So uh, Keith, you you've never done that. I have never done that. No. <laughs> Until yet, today. Yet. <laughs> but yeah, but wait till tomorrow's concert. That's now right. That <laughs> The day is young. All right. Who wrote that the clarinet is the voice of heroic love? Was it Berlioz, Beethoven, or Brahms? Oh, that sounds like Berlioz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this quiz is just too simple. All right. So we got one for Zach. Oh, just give it to Carl. Okay, you won, Carl. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Thank you for playing No an Instrument. (laughs) Yes. Know your instrument. March to the scaffold. That was a good one for the clarinet. That is. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn off the quiz music, uh, Carl, and and you can just provide a little background music. (laughs) A little lighthearted scaffold. The three guys that are going to talk right now, because we have more to say about Carl. I mean, well, (laughs) <laughs> yes, we do, Merwin. Merwin is like, don't look at me. I don't have anything else to say. Maybe we'll ask Carl to talk about um, something. What should it be? <laughs> Carl, if you didn't, if you didn't take up the clarinet, I know your brother was a, a piano student. Um, your parents probably wanted to get a more portable instrument for you. But what right. what would it have been if it wasn't the clarinet? From my parents, I don't think my parents, um, I think one of my father's patients was the clarinet teacher in town. My father was a dentist. So I I sort of don't think of any alternative. I would have taken up the violin personally or the mm-hmm. piano, and but uh, clarinet is, is just fine by me. So <laughs> I'm good. My two daughters, my, my older daughter's professional violinist, and my younger one plays in community orchestra and works in marketing. So violin is very good. And uh, when I discovered I, I had an epiphany, I was sitting in an orchestra, I was 20 years old, and I, want, I knew I wanted to be a conductor. The conductor came in, and we were doing Mahler's first symphony. He said, these Boeings are not very good. So, um, so I said to myself, you know, I think it's time to learn something. So I took up the viola, which serves a dual purpose of learning strings and also of learning the alto clef better. And so um, it, it was really helpful. And then having my kids play and being observant. So now, you know, I do all my own bowings and everything. So that was uh, one of those epiphanies where I said, you know, 
I better figure this out if I'm going to tell other people what to do. I'm curious, though, your father was a dentist. Did he ever have anything to say about the embouchure of the clarinet, like, affecting your teeth? Not a thing. <laughs> Although, interestingly, uh, I never had braces, but I have a, a dear friend who is a very fine trumpet player, but he really didn't make a lot of progress until he had his braces off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> Keep getting stuck in the trumpet. <laughs> You know, I, I also have been so impressed with the the musicians that you've brought to the orchestra. You seem to have a, a wonderful following of, of artists that you've um, kind of taken under your wing yeah, and brought cult, into your... Yeah, the cult of Carl, we'll yeah, call it. <laughs> not just those who left a voicemail for you earlier. By the way, I, I when I get voicemails, they're usually complaining about the heat or something. You, know? yeah. you get much nicer voicemails than I do. Um but uh, I'm thinking about uh, Connor, uh, who came, I think, for two different performances to sing. Sure. Um, of course, the phenomenal Judy Garland review you put together uh, with Joan. It's just a um, it's it's a pleasure to see how you've been kind of building up others' careers along the way as well. What does what that what, what role does that play for you? Well, I'm i'm thrilled about connor we he we use him at every possible moment i'm he, i'm doing an irish concert and um with the farland symphony in march and i asked him he said well that's great i never asked me to do irish music before <laughs> with a name like connor o'brien you think that you would have <laughs> asked that question already yeah right? or a name like <laughs> twitchy mcpixie keith keith is over there with his eyes still closed are yeah. you with us keith i'm here i'm here Oh, much better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, he, he's sung with other orchestras now, and and, and uh, it's always such a blast to work with him. He's such a fun guy and so talented. So, and uh, I, whenever I can help and promote somebody's career and um, that I feel is, is worthy of it, then it's all good. You know, that that's a departure from what you normally hear, you know, yeah. like like the light bulb jokes of how many conductors does it take to change a light bulb? Just one. They stand there and the world revolves around them. Right. <laughs> that was originally a soprano joke, but I repurposed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think your, your point is is well made there, Brad, you know, having the ability to to look at the industry and, and to to help build careers, you know, from writing your book, Carl, uh, to some of the people that you brought and introduced to us. It's just, it's really marvelous to see. Tell us a little Great. bit more about um, the book and your philosophy of conducting in the book. I you mean, have is to it... buy the book to learn that, Brad. <laughs> no, we're going to get all the <laughs> tips right now. Carl's <laughs> tips for conducting. What do you need to be a good conductor? Uh, what what a, uh, one of my teachers once said, marry a, wish, marry a rich woman. okay and we'll see you next week it's a shorter book than you would expect i'm still working on that i don't know it's gonna take a while well i remember if i recall um leonard slatkin had a line on the um on the book just saying it's a it's a must read for any aspiring conductor uh because it 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 speaks about your experiences in a very candid but beautiful way yeah. Well, it's it's all practical stuff, you know. There's nothing terribly um, academic about it, 
Um, although I do have sections about how I deal with certain standard orchestra pieces, very detailed uh, ideas, but it's all practical. You know, you don't take this tempo because the the trumpets can't play. They're in between double and triple tonguing. You better figure out which one tempo you want to use or single tonguing. And and uh, it's all all very practical. Do you have any rules named after musicians? Maybe in this room, like, do you have like a do you have Can like you a Merwin rule? Do you Let's have like a hey, the Merwin rule is Merwin always wins. That's well, right? Merwin's usually Mr. right. Win. Yeah, or, but yeah. you know, is, is there a Keith rule in any of your book? Like, there's this guy named Keith. He's a Here's percussionist. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, have um, uh, a sentence where I said, "Don't be distracted by distracted by going on goings on in the orchestra," like. People slouching on their cell phones, making jokes, talking to their uh, stand partner, asking silly questions. Okay, so that's Keith. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you say Keith and that's he comes the Keith up with rule. A list of stuff. Don't be distracted <laughs> by right. those drum rolls in the back right. of the orchestra. Uh, some of the more pertinent questions uh, are things in the book how to win a job, dash, and keep it. And another <laughs> The rehearsal, where the battle is won or lost. Hmm. <laughs> and another section on programming, on pops concerts, on guest conducting, on different roles with different kinds of orchestras. So, you know, the, the thing that I, I sort of emblematic of my book is when you have your hands in the air and are ready to conduct at the rehearsal, don't talk anymore. <laughs> you know, you're done. And if you're talking while the orchestra is playing, make sure that everyone hears you. I mean, just a lot of simple, basic stuff, which um, it bears thought a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. that it's it's something to, you know, how to pace a rehearsal. And if you were conducting, would you want to be conducted by you? <laughs> you know, very, very basic things. Yet, yet I think... Um, stuff that people uh, need to, to know about. When you stop an orchestra to make a comment don't and then start again, don't go back, you know, 10 minutes and expect people to, to what I call it, the capo conductor. Don't go back to the beginning. You know, make your point or, or accumulate two or three points. Don't stop every tiny little thing and let them play a while, get used to them, whatever. It's all very practical stuff. And, you know, I'm in so many one rehearsal situations that extreme preparation on your part, making sure all the music is easily read, the cuts are marked, the bowings are marked, and then that you don't waste time, you know what's difficult, what's going to fix itself. I remember, I think it might have been you, Keith, or Merwin, we were doing a Christmas concert, this was a long time ago, but I remember this, and there's a little difficult passage in the... Um, uh, uh, I'm all in the night visitors. There's a shepherd's dance or mm -hmm. something, and I was going over and over it. And then we finished, and, or we got to break or something. And one of you came up to me. He said, "Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. They'll they'll have it done by the by the performance." Mm -hmm. So I learned a, a good lesson right there. So I remember that mm -hmm. the, that the like Merwin Keith, Keith rule right there. <laughs> 
They'll be Don't okay. Worry. Don't worry. Be happy is the well, Merwin Keith rule. I like yeah. it. You guys are jumping to a conclusion that the, the lesson might have been don't conduct them all in the night visitors. <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds to me like, you know, a lot of practical advice that people don't think about and, and that the public doesn't think about when they see, you know, that stranger on the podium waving their arms around and might wonder what goes into being a conductor. Yeah. And so it, it, it sounds like something that is accessible to uh, mm-hmm. to a lot of folks who are interested. I think the book is eminently readable. I guess it's, um, it, it's if I had a different title other than the Orchestral Conductor's Career Handbook, people say, oh, I'm not going to be a conductor. I don't want to read this. But um, I think there's enough sort of general things in there that people might find, at least uh, would find of interest. Yeah. You know, if you wrote a, a clarinet playing book, what would you call it? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You know, there's an author, uh, a, com- a composer, um, a French composer who wrote a whole series of of uh, technique books for violin, and his last name is spelled D-O-N-T. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't violin sonatas. <laughs> Absolutely, don't. Yes, I, I use those fairly often, and you don't. I... <laughs> Boy, Keith, you're getting rich during this podcast. <laughs> How'd you get that drum kit in here? All those royalties. <laughs> well, that brings me to the second round of you guessed it. Our quiz. Whoops, wrong music. Let me <laughs> find throw the pencil at you. There we go. We'll bring it back to a little fanfare and the polka. Okay, here's a warm-up. What do you call the first clarinet in a concert band? A target. <laughs> Don't. No. <laughs> the concert master. They become the concert master ah, when okay. there's no strings, right? And and who and what did uh, Wolfgang Mozart write his clarinet concerto for? Remember the name uh, of the guy? Uh, yeah, Stadler. Shalomite. Don't. <laughs> Stadler. <laughs> Shalomite. Uh, uh, he started a restaurant. He started I mean, a restaurant? No, hotels. Really? Stadler. Stadler Hotels. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you get a you get just get part of a rim shot for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um that would be Anton Stadler. And he and it was he was actually playing the Basset Hound, not the I mean the Basset <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> The Basset. Those shed. They're cute, but they shed. Oh. Well, as we know, there's no cutting in Symphony Lab. Okay, he plays a Basset clarinet. Okay, I'll just play the music while you guys recover. Carl and I will have a little clarinet conversation. All right. Next on FM 91, for orchestra and Basset Hound. Which of our founding fathers was so impressed with hearing the clarinet that they noted it in their autobiography? Was it Thomas Jefferson? Was it George Washington? Or was it Ben Franklin? A, B, or C? Must have been Ben Franklin. He was the only curious guy among them. (laughs) You're right. Benjamin Franklin, yeah. He wrote in his biography in the 1780s that he had heard clarinets in a church in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Okay. Wow. Which court orchestra was the first to employ actual clarinet players instead of just asking the oboist to double on the clarinet? Was it the orchestra? Haydn, Esterhazy Orchestra? Well, I have Vienna, Mannheim, or Paris. 
Which oh. of those three would you choose? Ooh. I'd say Vienna. Okay, Carl, Carl has Vienna. I'll, I'll take Paris then. Anybody for Mannheim? I'll take Mannheim. You'll take Mannheim by and default? Keith is taking all of the above. Take <laughs> 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 Mannheim steamroller. Okay, well, Zach wins. It was the Mannheim. The Mannheim Orchestra that did so many, brought so many innovations to the orchestral yeah, playing repertoire. You know about the crescendos, the Mannheim, the Mannheim Rockets. Yeah. Are they a double-A uh, baseball team, the Mannheim Orchids? <laughs> the Mannheim Rockets. Very good. Okay, which of these conductors is also a celebrated clarinetist, present company excluded, of course? Was it uh, Osmo Venska, Andres Nelsons, or Joanne Falletta? Which one of them plays the clarinet? It was uh, the first one. Osmo? Yeah, Osmo Vanska, who played the clarinet for a while. Then he stopped for a while, and then he was going to start again. I'm not quite sure what he's been doing clarinet-wise. But he's definitely not as uh, prolific with the clarinet as you are, Carl. I he, mean, he must play the hokey pokey. <laughs> he starts like it, that. he stops it, he starts it again. <laughs> exactly. He stops it again. <laughs> he turned around a couple of times, too, so that was great. <laughs> All right, last question. Which of these composers wrote a piece for Benny Goodman, famous clarinetist and band leader? Was it Malcolm Arnold, Bella Bartok, Morton Gould? Which of those three That's Bartok, wrote sure. for Benny Goodman? And Is it could Bartok be Bartok or all of the above. Uh, which one? <laughs> and Carl Topolo. Which one do you choose, Merwin? Of those two. I know two. Bartok did, so I. So that's two. <clears> so <throat> that can't like be Gould right. May have as well. So well, I must go with all one? of the above. Who's the third? Um, Malcolm Arnold, Bella Bartok, and Morton Gould. Let's go with all of the above. All of the above. Also Aaron Copeland, Leonard Bernstein, Francis Poulenc, Igor Stravinsky. They all wrote for Benny Goodman. Carl, have you ever uh, premiered a work as a clarinet soloist? No, but I wrote a transcription, several transcriptions of pieces. Uh, I, I ran into a by an unknown Hungarian composer for clarinet and piano, which I orchestrated. His name is um, Renzo Kokai. Not a household name, but um, just before the pandemic, the la- one of the last concerts I did, I was fortunate to get in the, under the wire. But it's a, it was a fascinating piece, and um, and I threatened to orchestrate it for years, and I finally did. And that was that was sort of neat. I never premiered. I didn't play it. And uh, anyway, just uh, some transcriptions I've, that I've made for clar- uh, another piece that I added uh, orchestration and wrote some interludes. So, yeah, I did do some writing for the clarinet indirectly, but I didn't I didn't premiere any of it. Although I did play the Dvorak um, rondo for, for cello on the clarinet and perform it. Very cool. Well, we're going to have to draw things to a close because we're going to run out of time. So let's plug the concert for tomorrow night. Carl Topolo is the guest conductor for a concert with the Toledo Symphony. It's happening at 8 o'clock p.m. tomorrow, Thursday, at Corpus Christi University Parish. There are some limited tickets available. You can call up the parish office and see if there's anything still left uh, to go see this concert. That's at 419 531 Four nine nine two. Now, what what is we talked a little bit about some of the stuff you're going to bring to the concert, but 
What is on the program? What can people expect when they go tomorrow? Well, there's sort of three sections. The first is called the Roaring Twenties. We have music from Chicago, George Gershwin, um, medley from Ragtime, and even a, a short excerpt from the Opera Turandot, which was written in 1924. Another huh? section called 2022. This is uh, music that was actually movies uh, from this year. Uh, Elvis, Downton Abbey, 76 trombones from Music Man, which is on Broadway now, and uh, West Side Story, Jurassic Park. And then uh, music, uh, sort of a miscellaneous uh, section with uh, football medley, Italian, as we talked about, medley, and Irving Berlin medley. So I think it's a nice, cr fun cross-section of music and uh, looking forward very much to performing with this wonderful orchestra. And, and you will be uh, playing clarinet on some of those various colored clarinets associated with the music, yeah? Correct. We look forward to that, definitely. Zach, you want to have the final word as we uh, head it out? Hmm. Thanks, Brad. I, I, I just love to thank everybody, uh, Carl, especially you for coming in for this performance. Um, if, is this the first time that you've conducted at Corpus Christi? Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful church uh, on the campus of University of Toledo, but it was, it was built with music performance in mind, and acoustically it's a lovely place for the orchestra. And if, if you've never been there, you're really in for a treat. I'm looking forward. It's one of our favorite places to go every year. Let's put in one final plug for uh, Carl's book. Carl, tell us the title of that book again. The Orchestral Conductor's Career Handbook. It sounds interesting. I'm going to run out and see if I can order that. It's available at all the usual outlets like Amazon and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to my website, oh, you save 30%. Save 30% at Carl Topolo's website. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely can take advantage of that. Well, we will link to that as well when we post the podcast online. Carl, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. And uh, we look forward to having you here in Toledo, back here in Toledo. Great. My great pleasure. Looking forward as well. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Merwin Sue, Keith McWaters, and our special guest, Carl Topolo. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 81.